welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Welcome back, 81 Points. It's been a while. It's been a long time. I'm it's been a long time. Feeling happy that we're yeah we're united. back united yeah yeah. It's been a long time, but at the same time, like I don't feel like a lot has necessarily happened still because really? yeah because I feel like our just our boys in the purple and gold have just been continuing to just dominate. You know. Okay, I mean that might be the case for you. Like for me, I you know I was out of town. I went on vacation. Oh, you talking about per- you talking about personal? No personal things yeah i, I okay. really didn't really get to catch like all of the games sure uh i mean i was on the road headed back to arizona during um anthony davis's return to new orleans so i missed that entire game yeah okay so i guess just to recap that how what how many games did that sort of so that was before? that was the that was the first game since we last <clears throat> recorded a podcast episode was that 80 returning to new orleans okay, okay. so since then i think i'm pretty sure the lakers only lost one game since mm-hmm. to the mavericks right who are looking pretty feisty these days Very a lot better good. than i thought they would i mean that's there's i feel like there's no shame in losing that game are they a are they a legit team? No. Nah. I mean, hold on. They're a legit team, but, you know, contender? No, nah, I don't think so, you know. Uh, Luka Doncic, though, he's the truth. <laughs> he's the real deal. He right? is the real deal, Holyfield. That guy And is... then when you have a player like that, then, you know, you, you can you win. Always have you can beat anybody. Yeah, yeah. On any given day. Yeah. So we lost to the Mavericks. But since then, you know, the Lakers are sitting at 22 and 3. First place in the NBA tie with the Bucks, which is, by the way, I'm, I'm shocked that how good they are. Well, I guess I'm shocked and also not shocked because obviously Giannis is like, you know, on another level. But he's he's taking it up another level. Yeah, it's just kind of yeah. crazy how how well they they do. I guess you know why? Because I I was expecting some regression. Like I know some people were expecting them to do as well or if not better, but. I felt like losing uh, Brogdon was sort of a big deal. It is. I mean, Brogdon's killing it this year. Yeah. Which is, he might make the all-star team. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, like you, I thought that they were not going to be as good as they were last year. But looks like they're even better than they were last year at this moment, you know. Yep. They beat the brakes off the Clippers. That was nice to see. Very nice to see. I think what? They were up 40 at one point against them. Yeah, I, I mean, from a Clippers fan standpoint, how do you think? I, I feel like if you're a Clippers fan, that's got to be a little bit concerning, right? That's what I told you. Yeah. I, I said it had the Lakers got decimated by more. Like they're playing, they're gonna play the Bucks next week, right? Yeah. If that happens to to the Lakers, I would I would feel concerned. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I I don't know. I like don't if we lost, I don't I wouldn't be concerned. No. If it was like, I don't know, a close game we lose, right? That happens. But yeah, a 40-point blowout is very concerning. Yeah, I don't know, nor do I care how Clippers fans feel, but I, yeah. I would think that yeah. be, they would be concerned. Yeah. You know? We don't concern ourselves with teams that are below us. You know what I'm saying? No, wolves don't concern themselves <laughs> with the opinions of sheep, as they say. That's right. 
So, yeah, we're back. It's December. The year's about to come to a close. We're in full holiday season. But it's not just the year's coming to a close. Right. It's the whole decade. The end of the decade. The end of the 2010s. Which is still, like, when I talk about any year in 2000, it still seems so recent to me, you know? But yeah. 2000 is 20 years ago, you know? Um, not to date us, but... 2000 was the year we graduated from high school. That's crazy to me, you know? Yeah. I, it, it's been a long time, yet it's gone by very quickly, I yeah. guess. is Well, that's the whole thing, it, is when, you're, when you hit a certain age, I feel like once you finish college, I feel like the days start to, like, cut in half. <laughs> right, yeah. It feels like, yeah. Well, there's... I think there's like this fame... There's this like a well-known, like, saying in Korean where it's like, when you turn 30... Life moves 30 miles an hour. When you turn 40, life moves 40 miles an hour and, mm. so, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's true. Like the older you get, right. time just goes by more yeah. quickly. Yeah. You know? So it's the end of the 2010s. So in honor of you know, wrapping up this decade, we figured we'd come together today and do, uh, I guess, best of the 2010s episode. Because there's really nothing much to talk about when it comes to this current Lakers season. Because, I mean, we're sounding like a broken record once again. The Lakers are looking very good. Yeah, and, you know, we'll we'll obviously still talk about them um, in this pod. There's a big game coming up tomorrow. Yeah, there's still... Actually, there's still a lot to talk about. But, like you said, I mean, it's... They are looking so good, you know? Yeah. Um, What, What more can be said at this moment? That hasn't <laughs> right. been said. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. So we'll, we'll talk about the Lakers, but really today uh, we're going to share with you all uh, some of the best of this decade. So um, we put together a couple of categories. Uh, top 10 Lakers of the decade. Yeah. And oh, I want to ask you, though, like, how, how hard was this? How hard was it coming up with this list? Because I, I had a little bit of difficulty. Because I was like, some players made, on, made my list that I did not expect to make my list. I didn't want to overthink this one particular okay. one. Okay. So I, I uh, made my list rather quickly. Okay. Um, but some of, the other, some of the other lists that we're going to share, uh, I spent a little more time on. Okay. Um, so top 10 Lakers of the decade. Then we have our all-decade Lakers team. Which I, I just put together like a starting five for that one. Yeah, I did the same thing. Okay. Um, best teams of the decade. So when you said best teams, though, were you talking best Laker teams of the decade or? No, just best teams in the NBA. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so I, and then um, I, I had a couple of other ones. I'm not sure if um, I... And I'm, I'm not sure if you got my text messages, but okay. Um, best Laker draft picks of the decade, and also um, I threw in a bonus one: uh, best teams not to win a championship this decade. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. So let's let's start with uh, our top ten Lakers of the decade. Yeah. Uh, since you spent, it sounds like you spent more time than I did uh, coming up with your list. What was your uh, what was your thought process into making it? Um, it was tough because I realized as I was making this list 
we had some just we had some lean ass years yeah. in the 2010s. That that middle that middle part of this decade was uh, a forgettable couple oh, of years. Oh, like it's just I don't even know what to say. It was just so bad, you know. Um, it's so bad that most of my I feel like yeah most of my memorable players are kind of heavily weighted in the the beginning of the decade. You know what I mean? Okay. But there were some I don't know. There's some 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 players on here that made it because of sentimental reasons yeah 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 so i i think now that i'm looking at my list it it was um it was mostly i guess impact to the lakers team overall it's kind of like what i was thinking when i was making coming up with this list not so much like uh innate talent or ability or what they did on other teams per se uh so it was strictly what they did for the Lakers in this decade. Is okay. Pretty much um how I came up with my list. And it and that doesn't necessarily mean like that doesn't necessarily reflect in wins either. It could be just you know, there there was a really shitty period for the Lakers in the middle of this decade and certain players were very vital in digging this franchise out of that. Right. Right? Right. Uh, so that so those were kind of the uh, those are criteria thought, that thoughts that I okay. had and with coming up with this list. Okay. Um, um, so why don't you share your uh, number ten? So my number ten was um, was Andrew Bynum. Okay. Yeah, because this is a guy who this is a nostalgic factor here. I. Uh, this guy was basically the D'Lo, the Brandon Ingram, you know, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball of, like, the beginning of the decade. You know what I mean? Everybody was just talking about how this guy had so much potential. All the fans, especially Laker fans, would talk about just how gifted this guy was. You know, he had all the measurables. This guy was long as hell. Decent athleticism. Mm-hmm. really polished skill in the post um and you know we were singing his praises of his potential the, the minute he got drafted you know yeah and he what was the crazy part was he was actually showing he started to show uh you know his his promise like it was legit that he did that one year i forget which year it was well i do know actually it was the year that we traded for gasol um but the reason why we traded for Gasol was because Andrew Bynum went down, you know, um, on an injury. A knee injury. Yeah, which actually I think Kobe was involved. Do you remember that? I think Kobe like ran, like fell into Andrew Bynum. Okay, that, that he hurt his knee twice back to back years. Right. And <clears throat> I, I know exactly what you're talking I think yeah. that happened the, the following year. Okay. The first time. I think it was something different. Okay, but um, I'm but that, curious. That I'm probably, didn't I, might, I might check that later. But but before he got injured, um, he was playing lights out. You know, he was arguably the best big man in, in the game already at that time. Um, he was. Well, fitting. I wouldn't go that I far. Would, okay, I mean, Tim right. Duncan was still. In, Kevin Garnett was still. In the you're league. right. You're right. You're right. That was. See, this is why he made my list. I'm already just getting so hyped up about how good he was because he was. <laughs> Honestly, though, he was filling up the stat sheet hard. No, though. that he was. That he was. Like, yeah. he was finishing the uh, Kobe's alley-oop. He was, like, 
just racking up like 14, 15 rebound games mm-hmm. with you know with 20 plus points. So he I'll always kind of be bummed out at how that played out. Um I got no ill will towards the guy. Um he kind of ended his career unceremoniously. But um I think he hurt himself bowling or something. Yeah. Like that. Um I you know I think motivation was obviously a factor. But you know, I'll always think back fondly on Andrew Bynum and I'll, I will also always say that had we had him healthy in that one year that we lost to the Celtics, I feel like it could have been a very different outcome. So for that reason, he is number 10 on my list. Yeah, I, I think, think like uh, a Hassan Whiteside with better offensive skills mm-hmm. is what I, I picture Andrew Bynum in his... Maybe in a little less, best, yeah. Maybe years. a little less athletic because I think Whiteside was just could still jump out the gym, but yeah, Andrew Bynum could at his prime. I mean, I don't know if you could say his, he had a prime because it was kind of short lived, but at the height of Andrew Bynum's power, he he could run circles around Hassan Whiteside's like offensive skill set. Right, right. That's how good. Yeah, soft touch. Yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. It was super good. So yeah, he made my my number ten. What okay. He did not make my top 10. What? I'm already offended right now for Andrew Bynum. The, the reason being is that <laughs> we're talking about the 2010s. And okay. most, most of yeah. the stuff you're talking about is True. like in the, in the late aughts, I guess. All right. You know? So I, I left him off my 2010s top 10 Lakers list. Yeah. That's a fair point. Uh, who I have at number 10 is <laughs> Lonzo Ball. Okay. Uh, just, you know, we've talked about him at nauseum on this podcast, obviously because he was a Laker for, you know, the past couple seasons, but just, you know, a, a very rare talent, uh, 6'6", athletic, uh, had great court vision, is, is still, uh, you know, a borderline elite defender. And he brought a lot of excitement to the Lakers franchise and the fan base um, <coughs> with this play and, and the potential that he had. I mean, just yesterday I told you, I texted you saying that he's still got potential to, to blossom. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, it's sad to say, but I would, uh, in my eyes, like that door is just, there's just a little creek open. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely closed a little bit because each subsequent year in the NBA, if you're not meeting your potential, you are, yeah, you're on your way out. But he, I looked at his stats the other day and he's shooting 70 plus percent from the free throw. Yeah, that's a massive improvement. Which, by the way, yeah. And he's improved again in, from three. Um, so I don't know. I think there's still hope for him. But yeah, like you said, he's, he was sort of the, uh, you know, the great, the great promise, you know, the, yeah. we, we kind of had all our eggs in that basket for a while. Uh, Local you know, kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, Magic, UCLA boy, which is, you know, it's your yeah. alma mater. So I you mean, were before playing a game, Magic Johnson said his number was going to be up that's there. That's right. You know, that's right. Uh, so all the hype, all the, all the promise was on Lonzo Ball and, uh, you know, as it didn't turn out well for him, but for the Lakers, I mean, you can make a case that, I mean, he was he was a, a key piece in that Anthony Davis trade. So. Right. So actually, let me ask you. So, um, as a UCLA Bruin, 
right? Yeah. Former, you know, not even former. You're you're old school. Um, what were your thoughts of let's let's re you know recap like go down memory lane. What right. were your thoughts when we got Lonzo Ball? Because I think that's how a lot of fans felt though. Because yeah, maybe not everybody went to UCLA, but like he was a local kid. Yeah. You know? Let I, yeah. So I'll take I'll take us back to that time period. The I think it was the 2016 NBA draft or 2017. Um, the consensus top two was Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball. Right. I don't think anyone was arguing against that. Right. And I think the majority of the experts out there were saying that Markel <laughs> Fultz was the best prospect in that draft. And uh, I agreed with that. Okay. I thought that Fultz was the best prospect just okay. based on what I saw in college. Yeah. Uh, but I was very happy to see that the Lakers drafted Lonzo Ball. You know? Uh, you were excited. I was excited. I, did I know that De'Aaron Fox was going to be what he is? No. Did I know you that? You were a De'Aaron Fox fan, though. I, I was a De'Aaron uh, Fox fan, too. But um, it, ironically enough, uh, the big knock on him was his shooting in right. college. Right. Which, you know, it sounds funny to say now yeah. looking back. But from what I'm trying to remember, I feel like you had pretty cautious optimism. Like, you weren't kind of like, oh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, you know, the obvious, like, he can't shoot going right. Yeah. He can't pull up and shoot going right. Like, stuff like that. His form, obviously, it was is like, okay, it's very far, it's the exact opposite of textbook. Yeah. So the the shooting was actually the you know basically yeah. the main concern. But you did, uh, you did. I feel like I remember even when he was at UCLA, you did gush about how this kid was like. There was something very uh, unique about him. You know what I he mean? He had a very like Jason Kidd ish quality right, about him, right. where he lifted yeah. the entire team. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was fully on board with that draft pick. Uh, Obviously now, you know, um, if you were to redraft that class, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be the two. He'd probably be like nine, pick. maybe, right? Around nine, ten. Around Possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'd have to look at the the draft class, but he wouldn't be number two. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was it was a mixed it was a mixed bag for his tenure as a Laker, uh, right. to put it mildly. <clears throat> okay. But I did put him at number ten. Okay. Um, for this decade, my number nine. Um, was a player that was part of that middle period that <laughs> okay. wasn't so great. Yeah. Who's still very relevant in the NBA today. Okay. Lou Williams. Lou Williams. Wow. All uh, right. I think one, I think he averaged like 18 a game one season for the Lakers. Right. Um, he was exact. He was exactly. Uh, I feel like he was exactly what he is now. Just nobody cared because the Lakers were losing. Mm. But he was still like, you know, a deadly scorer. And we also did get a first round pick out of him. Right, um, and I think that led to right either Kyle Kuzma or Josh Hart, one yeah. of them. Um, but Lou will. Uh, obviously, we don't have to talk about how how you know, effective he is as a scorer. Uh, and he was my number nine. I feel like he's one of those rare players that got better, you know? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't rely on athleticism. He's, yeah. 
uh, crafty and has skills. So, um, doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So my number nine was again. This is a nostalgic factor, but I put him on this list because it's me basically paying respects to the fact that how rough this decade was. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, and it was just rough times. Nick Young. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> if you can encapsulate what this year, or I'm sorry, this decade was like, you just look at the player Nick Young. And the way he played, just the meme factor of it all, just the goofiness. There's a gif of him, yeah. like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. being confused, right? Uh, missing that. Oh, well, that that's made yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. and it missed. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he turns a li- as a licker. Yeah, right? he turns around, thinking he made it, and it pops out. Yeah, I mean, that's the Laker decade encapsulated right. to right. a T. So, um, I can't help but just, <laughs> I always just when when his shenanigans happened during the season, I laughed, and I still laugh thinking back, and it's just sad how that season kind of or this decade unfolded. Yeah, and he just kind of. I had to put him in there because, you know, it's that old saying, if, if you're not, you, you got to cry to keep from, you got to laugh to keep from crying. That's essentially what Nick Young is. So I had to put him on the list because this decade was rough. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who was your number eight? Okay. My number eight was uh, Kyle Kuzma. Oh, okay. He was also my number eight. Yeah. You know, um, it may not sound like it because we're so critical of Kyle Kuzma and it's funny I feel like he kind of replaced Lonzo Ball of being sort of the the whipping boy of uh you know last year because Lonzo Ball was drew a lot of our ire but I think Kyle Kuzma has kind of replaced him this year um but I will say this though it's it's whereas Lonzo Ball is just a lot of frustration and a lot of skepticism in his ability for me it's it's different I actually have a very soft spot for Kyle Kuzma I've actually I've always been a strong believer of Kyle Kuzma from from the very beginning before a lot of other you know fans a lot a lot of other people and I love Kyle Kuzma and I think he's actually a really good player and he has the potential to be even better which is why I've been so hard on him because I've always loved his um, I mean this is a guy who's never afraid to take a shot he never there was never a shot he never liked you know um it's a blessing and a curse yeah it's a yeah. blessing and a curse but he has got a little bit of that kobe factor in him you know um so yeah i i i'm a big fan of kyle guzma and he was sort of a sign of like wow you know maybe this laker organization is not that inept you know what i mean yeah yeah it, it was a sign of like we can actually draft you know we can find these gems you know um i think a lot of frustration uh when it comes to kuzma was rooted in something very very similar to to frustrations with lonzo it's like sure yeah yeah you want your young guy to progress and and you want the young players to you know uh, improve and blossom and this year i think i think kyle kuzma's Still adjusting to um, the new roster and the new pecking order on this team. Right. He's he's had some injuries. I think he's dealing with an ankle injury right now. <clears throat> he started off the year with a like a fracture in his foot. Right. So he he hasn't had a very smooth go at it. Also no. in his defense. Yeah. Um, 
he is shooting uh, the three ball better than he did last year, which was one of the main things that we were harping on, right, for yeah. Kakuzma. Uh, but, it, <clears throat> but it looks like... It looks like he's still finding his way on this team, and it sticks out even more because everyone else on this Lakers team, they know their role, and they're, like, playing it well. Right. And, and Kuzma is just about the only one on this team that is still trying to figure it out. I think the coaching staff is still trying to figure it out with him, too. Right. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't put all of it on him. Uh, he has a very unenviable position because... When the Lakers do well, they'll sing the praises of LeBron and AD, you know? But when the Lakers don't do well, he's kind of the first guy you look at. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so, if, if we know one thing about our, our Lakers fan base yeah. is they, they need a scapegoat. Yeah. There has to be a scapegoat yeah. for whenever things don't go right. You exactly. Know? And, and Kuzma's sort of an easy target because, you know, all the things that you've listed, but, like, you know, he's not, he's still not you know um that great on defense you know he's yeah. he still makes a lot of like kind of silly silly plays you know he's got a little bit of tunnel vision so yeah um but this is yeah this is me kind of saying look you know what he's he's still a really good player especially at the the, the place that we drafted him you know right position right he's right. getting peanuts right now yeah so one of the best value contracts in the league yeah I and say. i will say this like you know we've talked offline about how many times about like man maybe we should we should trade this guy, you know, but that's not a knock on him. Like, even if we were to trade him, I f- I would still root hard for him because, like, again, I've like I've had a soft spot for for the guy, and I feel like he could he could thrive in a lot of different systems. You know, I think he could be a twenty point scorer in this league. Yeah, I mean, who's you know, on top of that, Kuzma is like he's emblematic of the spoils that come with being a Laker. Right, right, right. Because cause Kuzma on another team, Kuzma on like the Minnesota Timberwolves it does not have a Puma contract. <laughs> Kuzma on the Timberwolves does not, is not one, had, had, doesn't have one of the top like 10 followings on social media. You know? That's right. So he is, he is like very well liked, Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. in general. Um, but, you know... If my concern level for Lonzo Ball as a Laker was like at an eight, my concern for Kuzma is more like at like a four or five. Right. I'm not as concerned with yeah. him in his development as I was with Lonzo. Um, so I, I'm still still reasonably reasonably optimistic. That's him. fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My number seven was um, a player that's just lighting the league on fire right now. <laughs> One of your favorites. Who, uh, who I already know who it is and is, yes, spoiler alert, he is on my list. <laughs> yeah. 6'7 uh, with a 7'3 wingspan. Averaging 25 points a game right now. On incredible percentages. On, on a garbage team. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Ingram. Yep. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert for later lists, he is... Um, Gotta, he's got to be one of the best draft picks that the Lakers have had right. in a long time. Right. Yeah. And I know, you know, that year also, it was a, a two-player draft. Right. Brandon Ingram and another player that uh, one of us here is not the biggest fan of. <laughs> <laughs> 
So there's that comparison too. Right. And I think like people are coming around and realizing that he was the best player of that draft. Yeah, you do that draft again, he absolutely goes number one. Yeah. So yeah. Brandon Ingram, we saw, we saw like it come to life uh, at the end of his Lakers run. Mm-hmm. And now he's, he's uh, you know, if he's, on, if he's doing what he's doing this year on an Eastern Conference team, there's no question he's an all-star this, this year. He's probably getting, he's probably averaging more, too. Uh, it's just because <laughs> the West is so stacked. Yeah. It's a little iffy if, if he's going to be yeah. uh, selected as an all-star this year or not. But definitely is all-star worthy. Oh, numbers. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so who, who is your number seven? My number seven is a player that um, I'm 100% sure you don't have on your list. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> it's a guy that I was super high on when we drafted. Is this uh, Byron Scott's favorite player? It's Byron uh, Scott's player favorite player. Oh, okay. It's none other than D'Angelo Russell. Um, he is... Uh, I was super high on him when we... You know, when the mock drafts were coming out, um, some of the passes he made at Ohio State, um, I thought this guy was going to be like a nine plus assist a game, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, definitely not that, but he did sort of make good on his offensive skill set. And I still think he has potential. He sort of has an outside chance of being like a superstar still, I think. Although I think with the way this year has turned out, like you were saying, like you know that that door is sort of closing. Um, but again, like I've always enjoyed his his play style. I love his sort of he sort of has that brashness to him, um, and he was kind of like that the sort of the the uh, the face of the the new the new age Lakers, you know. Yeah. Um, so I've always liked D'Angelo. I thought he's always had a sort of a unfair shake in la um he was put in the most <laughs> unfair situation like byron scott's like the worst coach in the nba um and um and not only that he they were on a this weird ass farewell t- tour for kobe bryant mm-hmm. you know so he i thought he was just placing a really uh, he did himself no favors by the way because you know he the, the snitching didn't help. Right, with yeah. our you know fellow guy on my list, you know Nick Young, um, that that didn't do him any favors. But I, I was a big fan, and um, I feel a little vindicated of the fact that he's he turned into an all star last year. Um, so yeah, D'Angelo Russell is my number seven. Okay, I mean, yes, he was an all star. Okay, <laughs> you gonna do the caveat of the fact that he was the Eastern Conference? And he was a replacement. He was an injury replacement, right. too. Uh, he's, like you said, he's not on my top 10. I feel like everything you said about him, like, blossoming into a good player is true. Yeah. That, that is happening. And, <clears throat> yeah, I, don't, I never thought he was going to be a superstar, but can he be a, a very good and above average point guard? Yeah. He is already. Uh He's not on my top 10 because I feel like his best, I mean, it's obvious, his best years were away from the Lakers. Right, right. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, 
it just seemed like it wasn't meant to be for him on on this team. Yeah, it really wasn't. Just you know the the deck was stacked against him. Super stacked. And I mean, look, Byron Scott, Magic Johnson, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It it culminated in him being a salary dump. You know, so crazy. Like, yeah. Timothy Mozgov's contract was the reason why D'Angelo was an add-on. That D'Angelo was let go. Um, crazy. But yeah, he's you know. Yeah. I'm happy for you, man. He's doing, he's doing good. <laughs> this guy. I mean, he's on a trash team right now, but uh, I, I do want to see him play with like Steph and Clay. Yeah. That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting to see. To see. see yeah. Um, okay. okay. So, number six. Yeah. For me is <clears throat> so you've always known that I was a big D'Angelo Russell fan. Yes. Um, but. I mean, you made if you thought that I was a D'Angelo Russell fan, this next player right here made that look like I hated D'Angelo Russell. That's how much I love this player. Okay. And it was a guy that was on your it was on your list already, Brandon Ingram. Right. I of all the guys that we drafted in this decade, of all like you know the promising young player that we picked up this year, or not, I keep saying this year, but this decade. This is a guy that I was like, he's going to bring us back to the promised land, you know? And Brandon Ingram was that guy. He had everything that I loved in a player. You know, you know, you know how much I am a, just a proponent of wingspan. Mm-hmm. Guy has an insane wingspan. Um, he shot the three really well in college, which is why I was, I was expecting to develop into a really good shooter, which he has now. Um, but yeah, he just had all the all the tools to be a fantastic player and he has so this was the guy and i feel like he would have been higher on my list if not for some of these other guys um he was but he's basically at the top of all the young players you know yeah i would say so for me like and he's at the top of my list of all the young of of that decade of, of this like time period of the the rough years that we had in this decade he's at the top because he was so good yeah, and he, would, made, he made yeah. it. Yeah, he came true on his promise, you know? And it's being reflected in <clears throat> how he's performing yeah. this year. And I feel vindicated because, I mean, even within our circles of fr- circle of friends, he was getting slandered and just, just, yeah. So I feel a little vindicated. I, I feel like it's his demeanor <clears throat> that kind of throws people off a little bit. Sure. Because he's a little bit more on the quiet side quiet side yeah but he's kind of mean streak about him though. yeah that he he does but it's not obvious right right you know? yeah um so i think you know people... i mean how surprised were you when he when he took a shot at chris paul remember uh, i was surprised at the time but looking <laughs> back it's it makes sense yeah but and it, obviously we don't condone violence but <laughs> i mean you gotta kind of love that we, we you know? condone sticking up for your team <laughs> yeah stuff. you yeah. gotta kind of love that you know and yeah. i and i was uh, you know yeah so anyways yeah okay um my number six. here we go oh, okay we're at six now okay yeah. for you yeah because we're getting close to the top five here which is a big deal now. i mean it's you know <laughs> we're we're getting close to you know tugging at your heartstrings right, right now with that's these right that's with right these players here okay uh number six for me, was um, <clears throat> a guy that uh, you know we talk. We like to talk about unicorn players. That's kind of like a um, kind of a in vogue term. 
nowadays in the NBA with like guys like Giannis and um, Kawhi and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. This player was uh, very much of that ilk. Okay. Um, Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom. So I, you know, this was your I, number six. This is my number six. So yeah, he, you know, I he was actually my number my number six too. Okay, yeah, yeah. we don't we don't really have to go in depth about yeah. you know uh, his contributions to the team, yeah. other than like Andrew Bynum was hurt and we needed a big, and he was that guy. You know, that's why the Lakers there was really uh, it wasn't a critical drop off in those championship years when Bynum wasn't 100% because of Lamar Odom. Yeah. And uh, he won six men of the year, I think, like in 2011. Uh, two championships with Kobe, Powell. Uh, so, you know, one of the most, uh, one of the more loved Lakers in recent times, I would say. Very loved. Yeah. Very loved. So Lamar was your number six. I'm well. sorry. I think six, my six was... Uh, oh, your six was Brandon Ingram, yeah, right? my Yeah, so my five was... Lamar, Lamar Odom? Okay. Um, yeah. my, my number five was um, another very sentimental uh, choice. I mean, this is getting sentimental now. Um, Derek Fisher. Okay, yeah. Uh, the 2010 finals, <clears throat> you know... If you don't remember, uh, there was one game that Derek Fisher single-handedly uh, won for the Lakers. If you want a, if you want to know exactly what Derek Fisher was in a nutshell, look up the play where he goes. It's against, like you said, yeah, against the uh, Boston Celtics. It was in that game. Yeah, he's yeah. going down the lane and he goes up for a layup. I don't even know what it was exactly, but he goes up and I think three Hall of Famers. Right? Was it Garnett, Ray Allen? I think it might have been Paul Pierce too, but they go up and they foul him, and he makes an and one. Yeah, and that was in the 2010 NBA Finals. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was the only championship that the Lakers won this decade. That's right. So, uh, so you know, to the victors go to spoils. A lot of a lot of these players come from that era. Yeah, and so he's my number five for the decade. Okay. Um. So my number, uh, what, what are we on? Four, right? My four. Well, right? who's your number five? Oh, five is um, LeBron James. Wow, okay, okay. Yeah, my number five is LeBron James. Um, he's, I feel like he just, uh, no, wait. No, my, not my number five is uh, Lamar Odom. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And okay. My number four is LeBron James. Okay. Um. I don't know, like, I was debating, so this is why it was so hard for me, I was debating between whether I wanted to put him up this high, you know? But, yeah. I look at these other players on this list, right? Aside from, like, the inner circle top three or four or whatever, and it's kind of like, how many, how much, like, how many years did these other guys really put on the Lakers? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Guys like D'Lo, guys like, for example, guys that didn't make the list, Julius Randle, who was a fan favorite, right? Yeah. Like three, four years, maybe. LeBron is on his second year right now, right? And he is already, like, I'm already looking at this guy and I'm like, this is insane what I'm watching. Mm-hmm. This is a Laker great in the making. I'm not going to say now, but he's a Laker great in the making. Because that's how dominant he's been so far. Yeah. You know? So 
for me, I'm kind of like, I got to put him on the list. And to be honest, he's kind of high. Not so much to a credit to LeBron, but because the decade was so damn lean. It was so bad. Right, right. You know? So I had to put LeBron on the list. And he's, I don't know, He we could be thinking back and feeling like he should be higher. No, I, I think actually... He, this is probably the highest he can make on this on this decade's list because <laughs> it's pretty much coming to a close. But the next decade, he could be kind of high. You know what I mean? I actually have him higher on my list. Oh my god, that is crazy! But anyways, yeah. So LeBron is uh, number four for me. Okay, my number four. It's I. F- I'm. I feel kind of funny, like uh, with my number four after you said all that. Yeah. Um, my number four is Anthony Davis. Wow. <laughs> that is... I'm actually kind of shocked at the players that, are, that, that have been... That basically did not make your list then. But okay. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that after we go through our list. Okay. But um, like you said, this was... I think this was the worst decade in Lakers history, yeah, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. So... That big chunk of that decade, you know, pretty much irrelevant, I would say. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we're seeing it play out in, in current time, how amazing Anthony Davis is. He's amazing. You know, once, you know, when, when the trade went down, uh, the Lakers were pretty much ridiculed and panned by the media for how much they gave up. Right. Right. Now that we look, now that we look at how the the landscape of the league right now, with you know, I, I feel like a lot of people are taking back, kind of the criticism yeah. towards the Lakers yeah, yeah. for what they gave up because Anthony Davis is that good. Yeah, and uh, that trade was worth it. Now, yeah, the trade was worth it, and you know, I am very confident that he's going to be a Laker for a long time. A Laker, great. A Laker great. Yeah. His number is going to be retired. I, I, he's definitely on that trajectory, I would say. Like, if he, uh, if he stays with the Lakers, it's pretty much a foregone cl- conclusion that his number will be retired. It's just a matter of, is this guy going to bring a championship to L.A.? Yeah. Which is kind of the difference between a Laker, you know, like a Laker great and an inner circle sort of Laker, beloved Laker. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's averaging like twenty-seven a game right now, and he's one of the front runners for Defensive Player of the Year, if not the front runner. Yeah, I think it's like between him and Giannis, right. probably. Right. But if he wins DPOI, I think that'll be the first Laker to do it since what, like Michael Cooper, in the eighties. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so, so for those reasons alone, yeah. I I put him uh, at number four. I was I was I was tempted to put him on the list. Um. And it, I, if I was if I was going to put him on the list, I was going to put him at like nine or ten. Um, oh, the reason only being because like yeah, he hasn't played enough years for the right, Lakers yet. Right. Yeah, that's understandable. So, um, and also like at this point in the top three or so for me, I'm like you got to win a ring for us, you know? Okay. Okay. So, but yeah, right, that's so fair enough though. Okay. So so we're at the top three. Yeah, top three. Uh, you want to go with number three? I I can go. Number three for me was uh, Gasol. Okay, yeah, he was my number three also. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, what, what needs to be said of this guy, right? I think, I think he's, um, I don't know. I think he's just such a, 
underrated guy. I feel like he's an easily forgotten guy um, in sort of the pantheon of Lakers. Yeah. Um, he's definitely he's gonna get his number retired as he should as he should i mean future hall of famer i think i think kobe bryant kobe bryant owes it to him to be the one introducing palcos and i think he will you know um that that designation usually comes goes to like a guy like magic johnson you know the very charismatic magic but i think kobe bryant should take that mic and be the one to introduce palcos and talk about how freaking important this guy was for you know Say it in Spanish if you want to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, Paco Sal will never forget that, that game seven. Never. 19 know? and 18, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I just, yeah. I, yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. Laker great. Number retired. Yeah. Okay. He's number three. So, uh, we're at the top two. Right. Um, I mean... No question, Kobe's number one, right? Right. Who's your number two? LeBron. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Was D- what D Fish is your number two? D Fish was my number okay. two. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. fine. That's yeah. fine. Um, and I, I, I just put him number two because, and and actually you're right because you were saying how like some of these things happened before the decade, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of Derek Fisher's heroics happen. Before. Well, he did have heroics in 2010. So right, that, right. That, that counts. Right, that but, counts. But this was kind of like a lifetime achievement rank for him. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he has, he's just had so many, like, you want to talk about, like, game-winning shots and, like, buzzer beaters and all that stuff in the playoffs? Yeah. Oh, dude, 0. 0.4 seconds. Yeah, like, you can actually say he has more than Kobe, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. has a 0. 0.4. He has... um. That game in Orlando. Right. In the, uh, the three, right? Yeah. And then the Boston game. Yeah. Um, I feel like I we're even missing a couple, but I feel like his... And that is insane to me because Kobe Bryant is one of the... He's the second greatest shooting guard of all time. He's, a, for me, in my eyes, arguably... Yeah, arguably the greatest Laker of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my all-time favorite Laker. And yet, here is Derek Fisher, this guy... Second round pick who has an he was argument. a first round pick. He was a oh, late was first. He was oh, like okay. a late yeah, first. Okay. Um, but yeah, and here he is, just like giving Kobe a run for his money in terms of like highlight reel playoff moments. You know, I mean, when you talk about players that max out their talent, oh, he maxed he, that. He out. exceeded his. He talent, did. Really. He did. And you know, Phil Jackson even said he's. I don't know if he was the, but he was one of the, he. Derek Fisher is one of the most his most favorite players he's ever coached. Which is like saying a lot, you know. So yeah, yeah. The quintessential role player. Quintessential role player. Yeah. Okay, so that was that was our top ten Lakers of the decade. Hold on a second, but what's your? I want to hear your side of why LeBron's number two though. Uh, because I feel like that's a big thing. I think I feel like it's a big deal considering you place them above some of these ring ring winners. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would say out of my list. Kobe and LeBron, both of them were the best player in the league as a Laker. Right. Right. Um, and I guess I'm projecting into the future a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I mean, if, if LeBron wins a ring this year for the Lakers, that number two is absolutely... Like, the setup, I think you have to account for that a little yeah. bit. And... He's the only superstar that chose to 
sign with the Lakers That's via true. free agency. That's true. Know? I know that. Uh, that is true. The media likes to say like, "Oh, players love the big markets," and there's truth to that. But uh, Dwight Howard turned the Lakers down. Carmelo Anthony turned the Lakers down. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard turned the Lakers down. But LeBron was the only one that right. decided to sign with the Lakers because there's a different type of pressure as the the man on the Lakers yeah. and. Um, LeBron was man enough to accept he the challenge. He was man enough. That's right. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. So this, so that's why I put him at number two. Um, okay, let's let's quickly uh, uh, list off our all-decade Lakers team. So why, why don't you share your starting five? Oh, you'd like five. Um, starting five. Okay. Yeah. Um, It'll probably be the same, I would say. Right. Um, I got Kobe, LeBron, Gasol, uh, Actually, I have AD on here, and then Fisher. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I ranked AD number yeah. four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just like, if I am coming up with an all-decade team, I'm coming up with the best squad. Yeah, that squad's winning a that squad's winning winning a ring this year. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> almost any almost any year. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um, did you do your uh? Did you do the top draft picks? I didn't do that. Okay, I'll just okay. I'll just list my top ten. Okay. Um, number ten was Fee Mikhailik. Fan favorite. Fan favorite. Second rounder. Right. Number nine was another second rounder, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, you know, I wasn't as big of a fan as other people were. Um, but it was a good pick. It was yeah, a good was value a good for that for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh number eight was Lonzo Ball. Wow. It's an indictment to his talent, the fact that he was so... That's so, low right so there. So I'm, I'm mostly thinking about like how good the player is and where they were drafted, right, too. for sure. Um, number seven was uh, Larry Nance. Very good value for that. Number six was Julius Randle. Should we, do we need to talk about Julius Randle? Uh, he's kind of a... I think he's going to be lost in like Laker history. kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, he's... He had twenty. He had a 2010 season. Yeah, last year. I mean he. I think good he's, player. I think he's a victim of being on shitty teams, basically. Right, but also he's a victim of his physical limitations. Like I think he can be a. I mean he's definitely like a contributor on a good team. Right. You know, I think he's overall a plus player. But let me ask you, why did he? Why did Julius Randle not make your list, though? Uh, in terms of like top ten Lakers of the of the decade, yeah, uh, he didn't really do it with the Lakers, right? Because like you notice, you put Lou Williams on there, and you did not put Julius Randle. I think to me, it just speaks of how unmemorable this guy was, you know, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's possible. You know what I mean? It's possible. Like for example, like the guy that was drafted right before him was who? Marcus Smart, right? Yeah. Had he been drafted on the Lakers? I think there's no doubt he would have been on this list. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a bummer because I think he was a, he's similar to D'Lo, you know, like you, you draft these guys and you expect them to be the face of the franchise. Right. You know, if you're a lottery pick on, on the Lakers, you right. know, so. I think what it is is like, you know, Ingram, Marcus Smart, those are like players that offer something very unique to the table that right. not many players in the league have. Right. But when you look at Julius Randle... Which actually, he does kind of give a little unique 
skill set, but it's still there's deficiencies to his game. I mean, and it's like on any given night, you know, there are a dozen power forwards that can do right. what he does. Right. You know, like the Knicks signed four power forwards <laughs> this summer, and he was one of them. Like if you gave Julius Randle a seven four wingspan, right? All star, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a game changer. Yeah. That's a game changer, Definitely. right? Yeah. It's just, that's why I think it's a little unfortunate, and I feel like it's sad because he's got an inc- incredible motor. He, the mm-hmm. guy is like, he's a, you just can't keep him down in the paint. Yeah. And he's actually got a pretty good touch, you know? But because he has, and this was his knock on him, he, has, he had T-Rex arms, you know? Measurables are unkind. Measurables are yeah. unkind. So this is our, you know what? Pour some out for our homie Julius Randle because he 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 played pretty prominently during that middle miserable decade. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. So Randle's my number six. Number five uh, is Mo Wagner. Love Mo Wagner. Killing personal, it this year. Personal favorite. Love Mo Wagner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number four, um, Avita Zubats, second round pick. <laughs> I always have a bittersweet, uh, yeah, feeling. For Another that guy. casualty of uh, the Magic, Magic Johnson era front office uh, <laughs> decision making. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, your boy D'Angelo Russell. Okay. Yeah. Number two, Kakuzma, and number one, uh, Brandon Ingram. Okay. Josh Hart didn't make your list, huh? Uh, yeah, maybe he should have, but he would have been on the lower end. Probably like the top w- 10. where Svi is, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so those... That's uh, not actually... That's pretty probably very similar to what mine would have had. Oh, actually, Thomas Bryant might have also... Oh, you know what? I totally forgot about Thomas yeah. Bryant. He's def- he would definitely be on this top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the best teams of the decade. So I This was probably the easiest exercise. Right? Oh, was it? This was the hardest for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I I have a top 5. Okay. I didn't rank them, but I feel like it's easy for me to All right. Um So why don't I I have a top 5 and an honorable mention actually. Okay, what's your honorable uh, mention? My honorable mention was the um the 2013-14 San Antonio Spurs. He's they made that team made my list. They uh they knocked off the heat and uh that was kind of the coming out party for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and also I feel like it's a it's um you know, it's a team where you think in retrospect where you're like, Oh damn, that was pretty stacked. You know what I mean? Because like you looked at Kawhi's like just incredible performance last year in the playoffs you realize what a incredible player you he what he is yeah and it kind of puts that team in perspective yeah you I know mean, the spurs fucked that up let's let's right. not sugarcoat it right because popovich and Kawhi together that should have been good for yeah two three championships right 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 um but yeah that team was stacked looking back uh still had a serviceable a good tim duncan uh, Parker Ginobili, they were definitely on the other side of their careers, but yeah, Danny Green, uh, Danny Green, and you pair that with uh, uh, Kawhi on the rise. That was a good team. That was a good team. Yes. That was a good They're team. my honorable mention. Yeah. Um, my my number five was the uh, the legacy making uh, team for LeBron James, the 2016 Cavs. Okay. 
yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know beating a 73 win team and coming back from 3-1 and winning that game seven on the road that okay. that merited putting putting All them right, on fair enough, top fair five enough. teams of the decade. okay uh, they weren't the most stout team you know sure. but they accomplished a lot i feel like i mean that's a big deal to do that yeah yeah um do you want to name one of yours um lebron's miami team okay so did you did you just um you didn't do it by like actual year you just like yeah i was kind of thinking more of like okay rosters you know okay okay i feel like that they they merited uh i've all i'm always as much as of a i'm of a lebron uh, you know bronze sexual now you know i are you a bronze sexual now i'm i am sipping on the bronze kool-aid right now i don't think you're bronze sexual though no maybe because i when i when i think bronze sexual i think like LeBron's the greatest player of all time. He's better than Jordan. He's better than. I'm not there yet, but I'm a huge LeBron fan, though. Yeah. Um. But as bit, as much of a LeBron fan I am, like I will, just that team. I guess I just scoff at that team because I feel like Kobe and Shaq would just destroy that roster. I agree, um, but I, you know, I don't know. It's it's anytime you have a, a championship caliber squad with LeBron at the height of his athleticism, I feel like you have to give him give him some dues. I mean, peak LeBron was a monster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're looking at LeBron right now, thirty five year old, who's just like a, a walking triple double, and yet, yeah, peak LeBron was insane. So, yeah. okay, they're on your list. Uh, yeah. My my number four was. Um, the 2010 Lakers might be a little bit biased. Uh, no, yeah, I'd list them too. You know, a biased choice, but yeah. um, Kobe and Powell. Yeah. You know, Andrew Bynum, uh, a good role player in Ron Artest, and then Derek Fisher, uh, a, a very reliable and playoff, a battle tested group, you know. I mean, I feel like. Uh... That even that Kobe Gasol team would give the Miami squad a run for its money. It's a really underrated team. I think Kobe Gasol, that squad, um, won like 67 games one year, too, if I remember correctly. They won 60 plus, yeah, one year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're on my list, too. What's, okay. the, what's another team on your list? Uh, so I also had the Heat okay. on my list. Um, so my top two are actually. Um, the two Warriors championship teams with Kevin Durant. Okay. Uh, that's the. I mean, that's probably the best team of this decade, right? Yeah. It's Steph, KD, Clay Thompson, Draymond yeah. Green. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, they could. The at full strength, they're they're probably beating every other team. Um, yeah, for this sure. Decade. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's. I mean, that's who I have too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I did a bonus one with uh, best teams not to win a ring. This decade? That's actually pretty good. Um, I can already rattle off a couple. Okay, so I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you yeah. my top five. So number yeah. five, I put the uh, 2012 uh, OKC Thunder. Yeah, that, I feel like that's the top of my list. Uh, so I, I didn't... Uh, I mean, I just took it in the context of that single season alone. Because okay. obviously, like, James Harden is, wasn't who he is now back then. Okay. You know? Fair enough. Um, Probably a better version of Russell Westbrook, though. It can be Way argued. Way better version. It can be like argued, me, yeah. right? Uh, Katie, uh, prior to the Achilles injury, is probably better 
later than than that that year. Right. Um, yeah. It was a young team, but the talent was off the charts. Off the charts. Serge Ibaka was like Serge their fourth Ibaka. best player. Yeah. Um, so they were no- Who won a ring with the Raptors last year. Right, right. Yeah. So they're my number five. My number four was the Heat team that lost to the Spurs. Yeah. Um, my number three was the 2016 OKC Thunder team. That was one uh, legendary performance by Clay Thompson away from... Uh, beating the 73-win yeah. Warriors team. And I feel like had they gone to the finals, they probably would have beaten the Cavs. That would have changed a lot of things. That would have... I mean, KD can still, would still probably be on the Thunder right yeah, now, right? that would have changed a lot. Uh, my number two team was that said 2016 Warriors team. <laughs> the 73-win team that didn't win a ring. <laughs> right. That's the top one, right? Uh, my, my top one was actually this past year's Warriors team that... Uh, oh, I see. You know, would have definitely beaten the Raptors had, see, yeah. had they been at full strength. I don't know. I'd have to put that 73 team at number one. I mean, I feel like, la- I feel like last year's Warriors team was more talented, though, with Kevin Durant. So, yeah. Um, so it's funny. Like, the Warriors had the two best teams of the decade for me and the two best teams not to win. Well, you know, if I'm a Warriors fan, I obviously you can't help but you got to be thrilled with having won some couple rings, right? Um, But if I'm a Warriors fan, honestly, I kind of feel like we should have more rings. Yeah, I mean, don't you know what I mean? I feel like you can. I feel like a lot of um, dynasty teams can feel that way. Also, that's a good point. That's a good point, but. Even but dynasty teams usually will be like, oh, you get at least a three peat out of it. <laughs> you know what okay, I mean? yeah, I mean, uh, like Shaq and Kobe, yeah. right? They got a three peat out of it, but yet I feel like right. they very much should have one more. Right. I mean, if I'm looking at the war that Warriors team in in terms of how talented that those rosters were, I would have thought bare minimum three peat. You know, and it also made me appreciate just how hard it is to make to do the three peat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean luck has to be on your side too. Health, luck, all that. Yeah. 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 And you know, the my the the Miami Heatles, they only won two. They only won two, that's right. So Heat fans can also feel a little bit disappointed yeah. in that. Um but yeah. Uh I think I think Warriors fans should be happy though. I mean they well, historically, they ha- they've only yeah. Won I was gonna one say they should be happy because I mean it's it's only if like if this was on the Lakers, you'd feel like oh we should have added another banner up there. You know, they're the third most valuable franchise in the NBA right. now, like according to like Forbes. Yeah, which was definitely not the case uh, prior to this decade. No. Yeah, so they're they're uh, I guess there's like status in the NBA. It's definitely heightened. Definitely went up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. And I am loving every second of this downfall right now. Right. No, I don't feel sorry for them no. at all. No. Yeah. All right. Um, that was kind of our, I guess, decade in review. Yeah. Uh, and as bad as, like, this decade has been, like, man, I got to say, this upcoming decade is looking so promising for us, for the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers have their franchise player and Anthony Davis. Looks to have, you know, at least 
six seven prime years left right yeah it's 26 years old yeah we'll get luka Doncic once lebron's done (laughs) (laughs) come on luka Doncic and and ad would be insane right yeah i mean that's not happening (laughs) it's you know now that you brought them up uh who would you say would be like the top choice if you were starting a team, build your team around for the next ten years. Would it be well, Luca? Well, it would depend, I guess. So like, what's the age cutoff? You know what I mean? Because like, no, any age, still, any oh, age, just for okay. the next, just for the the next decade, the twenty twenties. I mean, it might be Luca. Yeah, it probably be. It, might, it could be Giannis. I think Giannis is like twenty five. Yeah, eighty is twenty six. Eighty is probably like third or four on that list, though. Yeah, I mean. Who else is who else is amongst that the top choices? Yeah, I mean in terms of like cream of the crop, Luka, you know, because you got guys Giannis. like Trey Young, but I still wouldn't necessarily. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, there's a big question mark on Zion's health. Yeah. And his longevity. Yeah. So who knows what happens there? Um, Probably have to be Luca though. Yeah, I I feel like Luca, Giannis, and AD. Are definitely the top three, and we got one of those three, right? Pascal Siakam. Uh, I don't know. I I, I still uh, I'm still skeptical. You know. Really? I mean, I'm a believer, but I'm like, I don't know. You know, he's, he's like an all star starter this year. I would say East Conference, though. East yeah, yeah, Conference. True. True. <laughs> like D'Angelo Russell, right? <laughs> I like D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> okay. Um. I don't know. Do you do you have anything to say about this upcoming game uh, against the Miami Heat? I um I'm really looking forward to it. I I think like the Heat has surprised me a ton. You know, like am I call, am I going to call him a contender favorite? No, but um, this is such a tough game. Like I, if we lose this game, I'm not going to like lose sleep over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, as long as we don't get like blown out, but. So I'm like really looking forward to this game. Um, probably the most anticipated game behind uh, I don't know the Clippers and the uh, the Bucks, you know. Right. But that's I mean I don't know that's how much stock the Miami Heat has has been raised. You yeah. Know? So um, I'm really looking forward to see how the Lakers perform and how are they going to do in a very hostile. I mean it's tough to win there, you know. Yeah, and this is a well-coached team. Um, the Lakers have won every game outside of Staples Center. It's crazy so far this year. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that Miami's in the Eastern Conference. I'll just say that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like they're gonna they're gonna scare a lot of teams in the playoffs. You don't want to face them in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they got Jimmy Butler, and then they got like ten players that are all just fantastic like i either an up-and-coming player or like an incredible role player you know like their their roster is stacked bam Adebayo might yeah. become a better Draymond green which is insane to think about yeah yeah no yeah. this is a really i'm i'm we might have to go to a bar to watch this game <laughs> uh, yeah i mean they're they're young players you know tyler harrow uh kendrick nunn they have Goran Dragic. Yeah. Uh, 
I think I, I think I shared this stat with you. They have four players on their team that average over four assists a game, which is like crazy. Which that, that's very crazy, yeah. Uh, and obviously, yeah, Spolster is one of the top coaches in the NBA. They just have a good. Um, they don't really have a weakness. They have you know? a good. They have good stability in their organization with Pat Riley. Yeah. You know. Um, but I will say yeah. all that. Having said all that, though, I'm expecting a win, though. That's how much like confidence i have in this squad like i'm convinced now you know like there was that that year we got gasol and you even you still remember to this day how confident i was right yeah yeah. 10 years later you still remember how i was just like championship this i'm just just we'd be down oh three in a series now i'm thinking we still got this you know i'm getting very close to that you know it's definitely 2008 vibes this year yeah like i'm feeling real good about the squad um and we don't even know what's going to happen you know we may add a couple more key pieces you know who knows so yeah yeah yeah. speaking of adding pieces it's a good segue so next week uh on december 15th is when um like 40 percent of the league is going to be eligible for for trades tradable right um and there's a couple of names that have been thrown out uh, as like got the usual suspects. likely to be traded. Yeah, uh, and I'll just name a couple of these yeah. guys: um, Kevin Love, Demar Derozan, or Lamarcus Aldridge. Robert Covington is a hot name that's being thrown out there. Uh, yeah, out of anybody that you just listed right now, I would love Covington. What's obvious- Covington's contract? I'm gonna look it up. I think he's getting paid like ten million a year or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, very affordable. Um, Davis Bertans, who's having a breakout season. Yeah. And uh, another player that is a really intriguing option, uh, Marvin Williams. You like him? I actually, I'm not that familiar with his. He's name. like a three and D guy, also. Wait, was uh, that mid- guy drafted second overall? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, he's a three and D guy, not quite on the level of Robert Covington, but uh, in in that. Of that mold. And then the obvious guy that Laker fans have been thinking about for the past couple months, uh, Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala. So let me ask you, do you you would rather have Iguodala over Robert Covington, right? It's uh, a good question. Yeah, because I think I would I can rather. Go either, I can go either way. Okay. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Robert Covington. Because, you know, on one hand, Iggy has all of the playoff. He's battle-tested, right? Um, but Covington's a better shooter. Right. So, I, yeah. He's Iggy, younger. I, mean, I would be thrilled with either one of those guys. Uh, Covington's definitely not going to happen because... Um, Salaries wouldn't match, huh? Laker, the Lakers can't make a trade. They can only uh, be a player in the buyout market. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. I mean, they well, gave, I was gonna they say, gave all their picks away to New Orleans. Right, but I was going to say is that um, I know the, the salaries wouldn't match because Kuzma's still getting paid peanuts. Yeah, but like, yeah if that would were, match. But I don't know. Like, could you do like a Rondo and uh, Kuzma? You know, you, you brought up something right now that I do want to talk about for a, a second. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's time to put some respect on some of these <laughs> Lakers' names. 
Uh, okay, we, we rip these guys when they're not playing well. So we got to give them credit when, when they are playing well, I gotta say. So... Is it because of the how every single podcast I just, just rip through Rondo to shreds? Uh, you know, that has something to do with it. <laughs> Rondo is shooting 53% from three this season. First of all, what's he <laughs> shooting from free throw, though? Uh, 72.7%. Okay. So it's good better. for Rondo. Yeah, I was going to say it's better than what I've, what I've thought, so... But I was going to say, like, if he was still shooting, like, 50, 50, 60% or so, I would have told you there's no way this is going to last. But Mm -hmm. the fact that you're saying he's shooting over 70% is, you know what? All right, I got to walk it back. I mean, Rondo's, you know. The guy still plays terrible defense, though. He's still atrocious. He's a a liability. But, yeah. He's basically the only... Other playmaker on the team other than LeBron and AD, I would right. say. Yeah. Um, and, it, and at times it's like fairly obvious that the Lakers need him on the court to facilitate the offense. And he's shooting, shooting lights out right now. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could be our version of Lou Williams. You know what I mean? Like, Lou Williams is a guy that's such a difference maker on the offensive end. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But... The, on defense, the guy is a liability, you know? Right. So I, I see that, you know? There's, there's obviously some value in there. I mean, it's a, it's a crowded backcourt with, um, you know, the bald mamba coming off the bench, too. <laughs> That's right. So, That's right. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much he plays on yeah. the stretch. Uh, also, I know who you're going to talk about next. Uh, he's a man that's shooting 40% from three right now. Yeah. Looks like he's actually finding his niche right. on this team, you know? How optimistic are you with uh, KCP going forward? I would say I'm more optimistic of Rondo than KCP. But, um, okay, and for what reasons? Well, I mean, Rondo is... He's got championship pedigree. Yeah. He's a guy who's won championships. Uh, he's it, His skill set is not something that's going to go away. I'm talking, I'm talking about more of like his playmaking ability. Mm-hmm. It's well established, but um, for me, Rondo is always a guy with. It's just a matter of motivation, you know. And on a championship, on a team that has championship aspirations, that is one reason why I'm like, you know what, I I, I got to give it up to Rondo. He's he's made a difference, you know, and he's he could continue to make a difference. KCP, this just feels all new to me. So I don't know how long this will really last. It, I think it's great. If anything, it gives us depth, you know? You feel like it's a more fool's gold than uh, I do. the real thing? I kind of do. But again, like, I, you know, I can concede that he's been doing well. You know, it's great, but... Oh, it just sounds like it pains you so it much. It pains me. It pains me. That. It pains me so much. But I will say this, though. At the end of the day, I still would want Avery Bradley over KCP on the court. Yeah. You know, yeah. because offense is never going to be an issue, you know? It's going to be about, like, how well, like, we can shut down the other team. I got to say, though, when KCP is hitting hitting his threes, and it, now it's very obvious to me that he should only be shooting corner threes. Right, right, uh, right, right. But when he's hitting those threes and you have him and Danny Green on the court, the spacing is just so much better. 
and it allows it can't Le- be stopped. It allows LeBron and AD to just wreak havoc just, on other just teams. Feast. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So uh, if he keeps up the shooting, then yeah, um, no, he could be a valuable piece down the road. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, just I mean, wonder- do you believe? Do you are you buying into this renaissance? Um, I think it'll depend on. You know, like what what he believes his role is on this team. Okay. Like, it, it's, it's kind of like Kuzma. Kuzma takes Kuzma jacks a lot of shots that he shouldn't be here's, taking. You yeah, know? and here's 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 part of the reason why I'm very skeptical. Okay, is because LeBron is such an amazing talent that he has a he has this thing where he plays. He's such a gravity type of player, right? Yeah, he just draws yeah. so much attention, and he's so good. That he makes bad players look good he's in the regular the, season. He's the bad player whisperer. Yeah, he's a bad player whisperer. <laughs> no, but he really is. Though. No, like, yeah, you look at totally. so many of the players. Like right off the top of my head, Mo Williams comes to mind. He was actually a decent player. LeBron turned him into an All Star. You know, and LeBron has that effect on players. But that's only during the regular season. Once the postseason starts, you still got to be good. You know what I mean? You still got to be... You have to actually be a decent player at that point. Yeah. In order for LeBron's team to, like, you know, advance. You I know? don't think KCP has ever experienced the playoffs, has he? Maybe with the Detroit Pistons? No, he hasn't. So, KCP... Oh, he, he, oh, yeah. He had one year in the playoffs with the Pistons. Okay. How do you do? Uh, let's see. 15 points... Four rebounds, three assists. Shot forty-four percent from three. Okay. Um. Obviously, what's the sample size? Of how many games? It's is that? four games, and okay. I mean, uh, being a Laker in the playoffs, that's a much more of a pressure cooker than right on the Pistons. Yeah, so. and that was what first round, obviously. Yeah, it was so. first round. Um. So basically, no playoff experience right. for KCP two. So, uh, yeah, it's, it'll be hard. He's still, I guess, uh, a question mark and an unreliable entity when it comes to, like, I'm just glad he's serviceable, though, you know? Yeah. And if anything, good right now, you know? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so let's, you know, let's give them credit while, when, they're, when they do well. Begrudgingly. Okay, we're, we're not here just to tear athletes down. <laughs> Begrudgingly. You know? We, we give... <laughs> we give them their props when they're doing well. And All right. Rondo right. and KCP, two players that have been much maligned on this podcast. That's true. Yeah. They're, they're having great years so far. That's right, yeah. Um, but, you know, if they do fall back down to earth, then... Um, we'll be the first to the, we'll first yeah. there at the then line. We'll be, then we got to be critical of them because that's, <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, so, yeah, uh, back, to the, back to this uh, upcoming trade trade market yeah um i don't really have a sense of like who's going where i i feel like the likelihood of us getting uh iguodala is actually kind of slim yeah there's there's uh because memphis seems they're, pretty they're, they're saying that there's no way that they're gonna buy him yeah out. yeah which um, i believe them to be honest i feel like there's yeah. a market for iggy don't you think uh so iggy so I think Memphis, what they really want is a is a draft pick. That's right. that's what makes the most sense, you know. And if if they want to get something out of out of him, um, 
But uh, I look around, and who's gonna give who's gonna give Iguodala a draft pick just to be a rental? Dallas, maybe. Right. Yeah, I mean they can they can do it. I feel like they're I feel like they're eyeing bigger mm. bigger prizes. You know. You know what they're saying? The rumor is is that uh, the I don't even know how it's possible, but the Rockets are in play for Iguodala. Oh, okay. I'm all, uh, I also read somewhere that they're trying to get Covington. Yeah, I mean, where the hell are where the hell are these these assets hiding though? It's like I feel like I feel like Houston's more handcuffed than the Lakers. Right. I mean, they'd have to deal like uh, Capella or they're they got, not going to deal PJ Tucker. They've like, got more money tied up in three players than the Lakers have in like AD and LeBron. You know. Yeah. So I don't know how that's, I don't know how that plays out, but yeah, there's there's that rumor that, yeah, like if if the Rockets trade if the Rockets trade Eric Gordon for Covington, is that really going to move the needle? Because Eric Gordon's a good player. He is, but damn, that's that's pretty juicy for the Rockets. I feel like. Oh, uh, I mean, so that's that. I, I I'm thinking that sort of thing is. But I, it makes no sense about it makes no sense that Memphis would do that though. You know. Like why would they want Eric Gordon? He's just they got a young core. I, yeah. I feel like they're. I feel like they sh- they should be trying to stockpile draft picks. Right, right. right. That makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It, to me, it just it seems like Memphis is so hell bent on not giving away Iggy. It's the same old story. <laughs> Nobody wants to help the Lakers. No. Everyone's working against the Lakers. Yeah. I, from a Lakers fan's perspective, right? right? That's how it feels, you right. know. So it would all should have. They should have made it very hush hush, and then they should have made it sound like Iguodala was gonna like sign with the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the Lakers tax is still alive and well. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I, there there are pot. I mean, these names. There, I feel like you know, uh, yeah, Covington going on the right team could kind of shift the balance a little bit. I think so too. Know? Yeah. Even a Demar Derozan, like I don't, I don't know what. Offers are out there, but that would be hard. Twenty to, points a right. game, right there, yeah. you know. So, um, by the right, way, how bad is that team though? The Spurs. Yeah, they're like nine and fourteen right now. But even just that roster is like, just it loses no confidence. You well, their their two like leading scorers are guys that don't shoot three pointers. Right, exactly. I mean, they're stuck in the the Stone Age. Yeah. Which, by the way, I just want to I just want to point out too, you know. Popovich, who is much ball hued and you know treated as like one of the great coaches of all time and just a great basketball mind, he led he let a lot of emotion and bitterness stand in the way of being able to build around Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I right now would much rather have Brandon Ingram than a Demar Derozan. That's all I got. I think about that, that I think that goes. That's, there's no question that there's that's no brainer, the right? Yeah. But why are they, and why are they stuck with Demar Derozan right now? Yeah, because he didn't want to deal. He didn't want to deal Kawhi to the Lakers. That's 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 where we're at right now. Yeah. I mean, it worked out for us because we got an even better, you know, arguably an even better asset in 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 uh, uh, Anthony Davis. But... I mean, I think as you know, when it comes to like your prospects in the future, I think that's yeah. I think it's that's the case because yeah. you know Kawhi is what twenty seven and he's already like can't play back to back load management yeah right yeah so yeah. so I'm just yeah. saying I, you know Popovich that's 
that's a kind of a, a stain on on his record that no one really wants to bring out. And I'm I am absolutely saving this tweet for the next time we play the Spurs. I'm gonna tweet that out of how Popovich could have had Anthony Davis. Or could have had Brandon Ingram. I'm saying, Brand- yeah, could yeah. have had uh, Brandon Ingram. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's been it's been said that Pop has a hard time um, with African American players. Oh, <laughs> like, people have said that. Shots you know? fired. Okay. Uh, I think Stephen Jackson alluded to, even though Stephen Jackson is like. Uh, very appreciative of what Pop did for his right. career and everything. Right. I think he's alluded to that he has a hard time connecting with, you know, black players. Right. He probably just rubs he just rubs in the wrong way. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, Tony Parker's what, French guy. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's he's not American. He's uh, more French. Tim than Duncan is like his own he's a very unique <laughs> one of the most unique superstars. Yeah. He time. is not your typical. He's not uh, your typical uh, NBA superstar. Yeah, at all. And then, uh, yeah, I almost want to say Tim Duncan's not your typical African American athlete. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's from the Virgin Islands. I don't right, know, like, right, I don't right. Know if that makes him a foreigner yeah. or not? Yeah. But um, yeah, that's it's been said. That's been said about Pop. So uh, looks like the Spurs. I think, got I think quite all of a... his. I think all of his all time great like. Uh, you know that standing is is valid, definitely based on the results. But I mean, he does have he 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 does he does raise some eyebrows with uh, you know his history. I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, I gotta say though, like the Lakers really stumbled upon such a fortuitous situation, you know? Because like you remember there was a time when we were just pining for Lamarcus Aldridge too. I don't remember that, but um, looking back at this decade, I, I find that very, you don't, very hold on, plausible. Hold on, you don't remember like how, uh, the, how terrible the meetings went, and how much like the Lakers were trying to get Lamarcus Aldridge. Oh, I, okay, that that jogs my memory. Yeah, yeah, I mean there yeah. was a there was a picture of uh, you know Adam Levine of uh, Maroon Five posting a picture of him wearing a like a. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge jersey, you know. Yeah. I think there was like there were billboards coming out, like showing up in LA for Lamarcus Aldridge, by the way, who is like what a second tier superstar, right? If uh, that he's not a superstar, okay, second tier star, right? So, and the guy didn't give us the time of day. It's basically like you know, here you are. You're just you're just a you're just an average Joe, right? And you're just gunning for like these sevens and eights, and you're like, I just gotta go for it, right? I gotta go for these 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 girls that are like above average, pretty pretty good looking, you know, with a good job, right? And all these girls are like, please, you are not on my level. Just not giving you the time of day. Yeah. And then one day, you let this be a lesson, by the way. One day you walk into a bar and you see an absolute dime, right? And you know what he? You know what our Joe Schmo says? He says, "I'm gonna shoot my shot. I'm gonna shoot my shot." Well, you know, to piggyback off your analogy, yeah, this is why LeBron is my number two oh, best okay. Laker of Coming this decade. Full circle because LeBron was that dime that discovered the Lakers 
sitting at the bar by himself. You're basically saying that this is actually one of those rare dimes who sees an average Jones like I'm going to remake I'm going to do a a remake for this 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 boy. Yeah, it's basically a scenario that doesn't happen in real life <laughs> happened with the Lakers. Right. You know. Right. So he pulled and you you said it like many times in past episodes that these things just don't happen without Right. You know, years of yeah. planning yeah, yeah. and, you know, thinking it all through and thinking the the, the next steps yeah. and all that. Yeah. So part of me feels like LeBron, you know, decided to sign with the Lakers because he knew that another player was coming. I don't know that he necessarily knew that AD was going to be the one. Right. But, because he was pining for Kawhi, too. He was. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, you know... A year prior to the AD trade, he uh, changes agents and signs with Clutch. Right. So that right. so it was all part you know of his what? master plan. You might you know? be right about this number two ranking of LeBron James, I, man. Yeah, I, you might be onto something. It's not just about wins, you know. It's about impact of what happened in this decade. That's right. That's right. Um, that's a very yeah. good point. I might have them in my list. And that's where we are heading into 2020. Just looking, just sitting pretty right now. Yeah. Uh, it's a big game tomorrow. Obviously, um, we'll, be bit, we'll be back to record another one um, prior to the big game next week at Milwaukee. Yeah. And then the week after that is the big showdown on Christmas the, Day. The most anticipated game for the Lakers in like half a decade at least. At least. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Maybe since, uh, I mean, has there been maybe one of the, the first times Kobe faced the, the Heatles? Right, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You probably have to go that far back. You gotta go way back. Yeah. Um, I mean, this surpasses last year's Christmas game against the Warriors, like. Oh, there's no question. Way past, right? Yeah. So, yeah, one of the biggest games in recent memory uh, for, for Lakers fans. So we'll be, you know, recording and getting all of you guys up to speed on those big games coming up this month. Um, but yeah, that was our that was the decade in review. Uh, decade in started review. off very strong, a lot of lean years in the middle. But if we if we if we won a championship this year, that you just basically bookended rings, right? Yeah. And coming back with a vengeance at the close of this decade. You know? I'm feeling good. I don't know if it's the beer that we've been sipping on during this whole <laughs> podcast, but I'm feeling real good right yeah. now. So, Just, you know, in full holiday spirits right now. <laughs> we're full of holiday cheer right now. Yeah. All right. So with that said, uh, we're going to sign off. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning into 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.